0: Welcome to Theatre Club. This is the podcast that brings you theatre news, theatre reviews and theatre-themed booms. Hi, I'm Oscar. I'm Alice.
1: This week we've got three shows to talk about. We've got The Watsons coming up in the Meniere Chocolate Factory, Dogfight, which has already been and gone at the Suddick Playhouse... And new show just opening that's the at Playhouse Previews.
0: Are you going to have a cocktail as well?
1: Oh yeah, I haven't even thought. Okay, while we're doing our first couple of views, I'm going to think of something on the hoof.
0: Okay, but I want your full attention
1: at the same time. Um, what's been going on since we last recorded in the world well, I, of theatre? Well,
0: I was going to talk about something that's not strictly in the world of theatre... It's more the world of TV slash theatre, because I am obsessed with the BBC series um, Fosse-Verdon, which is the biographical miniseries about the choreographer Bob Fossey and his wife, Gwyn, Gwyn Verdon, it. and their relationship, it. their marriage. It's absolutely fantastic.
1: Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know Bob Fosse, he obviously, uh, choreographed Chicago Cabaret, Sweet Charity... And his wife, Gwen Verdon, was a dancer. She was in the Pajama Game on Broadway. She
0: was a fantastic... fantastic Damn
1: Yankees.
0: Massive, really, really good dancer. And then had a child and sort of put her career on hold. So it kind of deals with their relationship and what it means to be a woman and have a child and how that affects your career. And their relationship like, was quite famously toxic. And um, he sort of had affairs. And it's just... I can't wait to watch it's it. It's so good, Oscar. And Michelle Williams plays Gwen Verdon and is like I've I've never really like liked her as an actress that much in anything that I've seen, but in this, you I I've never seen Gwen Verdon, but you believe that she is her. Hmm. She's just so good. Like and, and it's so sad some moments of it. And also like just from a theater point of view, it's so great to watch him choreographing Chicago and Cabaret and yeah how they made those films. It's kind of really interesting about how they edited those films, literally cutting reels and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I
1: watched the very opening of the show where they do the sweet charity Hey Big Spender number. So I am going to watch the rest of it. It's on iPlayer, isn't it, still?
0: It's on iPlayer. It's eight episodes. Yeah, Fossy Verdon is my life at the minute. And I just...
1: I can't wait to see that.
0: Oh, it's so good, Oscar. You're going to love it.
1: So let's move on to your top tip.
0: Top tip is a play at the Mernier Chocolate Factory called The Watsons. Oscar and I saw it with mum last year at Chichester Festival Theatre and we loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's a play written by Laura Wade um, and it's based on the book, an unfinished book by Jane Austen called The Watsons. And it's best not to actually know too much about it because... It's very surprising. We
1: didn't know anything when we saw it. So I think if you, if that sounds interesting to you enough, if Laura Wade and Jane Austen have sold it to you, then just go and see it. But if you want to know a bit more or feel like you need some more convincing, we did actually record a review of the show for the podcast and then it had already closed in Chichester and so we just never got around to. Putting it into the podcast. And we talked about in our review whether or not it was going to transfer, and now it has got its transfer. And so we are going to play that review. So this was recorded about a year ago. And we take you now to back to 2018, simpler times, and our review of the Watsons when it was playing at the Minerva at the Chichester Festival Theatre.
0: So we've just been to see the Watsons at the Minerva at Chichester Festival Theatre. And it's the last thing that we're seeing there this year. We've had quite a lot of
2: shows, haven't we, that you yeah, I think I've been about ten <laughs> times or something. I'm stalking. And it was a good it was a good show to end on, wasn't it? <laughs> Wonderful, very fresh, quirky, unexpected. Um it is Jane Austen died leaving five chapters of an unfinished novel, which she'd written midway through her career, I suppose you could call it. And um Laura Wade He wrote Posh and Darling, I'm Home. Home, I'm Darling. Home, I'm Darling, I always do that as well. I'm always determined to get it the right way round. I always do that. Um, She has written it, but also written a character called Laura into the novel as an author trying to finish the play, which is now the novel term play, play, (laughs) and it's the characters are rebellious about their own autonomy. It's a little bit Blade runner
0: Oh, uh, yes. yeah. You
2: know, there's echoes of that. This, it's now sold out till the 1st of December when it finishes. But if it does transfer, I would definitely tell people to go and see it. Because if you like Jane Austen, it plays with all the Jane Austen tropes. Fantastic set and the baskets and the bosoms and the bonnets. Um, but it's clever. It's very well, clever. Well, yeah, let's
1: just talk about what happens in it. If people don't want to know, they can stop listening. Okay. But, so you, you think you're just seeing a basic, and it's all very standard, sort of Jane Austen, the... Darcy-esque character, sort well, of...
2: You have the central character, Emma Watson, who has been raised with a genteel, affluent aunt, aunt, who is now returned to an impoverished Surrey family. So she's having to make her career choice is from three men. One who's rather pious, one who's a cad. posh twat. Yes. And Let's bring the word cad back into... Yes, let's, like all use, let's, yeah, let's all use... Uh, I think often. I also want a bounder in there. I think he was a bounder and a cad. <laughs> he was gorgeous, wasn't he? And then, yes, he was. So she returns, and this is, this is chapter five, probably, where the novel stops. So now the author suddenly comes on as a maid, disguised as a maid, and says, I'm actually writing you. And so there's this whole existential debate then about what is reality. Look, I can feel myself. Does that make me real? Mm. So this is the Blade Runner bit. And... Finding out that you're just being written by somebody, you know, makes the Emma Watson character very furious. She goes stomping off, can only get as far as the lane, and there's nothing at the end of the lane because the author hasn't written... Nothing's happened there yet. ...what's at the end of the lane. So it's... And she
1: says, oh, we could borrow some fields from Thomas Hardy. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, so there's lots of very funny... Great. And
1: then when you come back from the interval, you come in and she's now in her modern dress and they're all still, the characters, and they're all sitting and. She's doing it like a rehearsal workshop. Yes,
2: one modern chair amongst all the Georgian. And she's got that notepad and a packet of biscuits and she's like holding a cup of tea and she's like, OK, should we get going? Should we yeah, start right, this work, workshop? Yeah. yeah, and somebody tries to interrupt and she's no, yeah. questions later. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And then from there, it was just, it was really funny, wasn't it? Yeah, when she yeah. was
0: explaining what everyone was going to do and who gets, she could see she was getting really excited. Hmm. She was saying, and then what's going to happen, there's going to be a twist. And you're going to go with him and no one's going to expect it. And that's because there's yeah. going to be a, you know, and she could, you thought, oh, that's probably what it would be like in a rehearsal room. Everybody probably was well, very excited. Exactly. And that's... then people say, oh, actually, that doesn't quite fit in with what my character...
2: Would yes. do. I yes. don't feel
0: like my character wouldn't do that. No, like, all f-
2: that was, I loved all that, mm. watching people just s- quietly seething that they're basically being written out when they thought that it was about them. They're a Watson after all, and they're being given nothing to do. Yeah. And, um,
1: so yeah, you're, you're just texture. <laughs>
2: yeah, you're just texture. That was so <laughs> that was good. I had <laughs> forgotten that. it was so funny. There were so many good lines. It. So if, if it does transfer, everybody, please go and see it
1: that was our review of the watsons back when we saw it at the Chichester festival theater thanks mum for uh, pitching in (laughs) pitching in um we love it when she's on the show hope you guys do as well so that's good that it's a top tip that we've already seen so yeah that was our review from it last year it might be slightly different this year but the cast has mostly remained the same the leads have all remained the same
0: it starts on the 20th september and it finishes on the 16th of November. I had a look. It is selling fast.
1: It's a small space. It's a
0: small space and it's had good reviews. So um when it was at Chichester, tickets start around £42.50, um, which I think is a perfectly good price to pay for this. It's a really good piece of theatre and top prices are £47.50.
1: So um yeah, we totally recommend that one.
0: So get booking. It's on sale now at the Mernier Chocolate Factory. I've got one more little tip that I wanted to mention that I saw. Um, You know I love Disney yeah. And I I love listening to Disney soundtracks. I just love the American voices. I just... I know mum hates it, but I love it. And um, I noticed that um, Casey Levy is in concert at the Cadogan Hall. Oh, yeah. And she was in Frozen. She was in Wicked. She's got a great voice. And I just thought that would be a really good thing to recommend to anybody that maybe has a child that liked Frozen or, you know, if you've are te- got a teenage girl and you want to take them to see, it will just be a concert performance of her singing songs from musicals that she's been in, such as Wicked, Hairspray, um, Frozen. And it's on the 15th of September. It's one night only. It starts at 6.30. Cadogan Hall is in Chelsea. Yeah. And tickets are really reasonable. £18 That's to good. sort of £28.
1: Well, let's do another review then. This is something that has actually closed now, but we saw it. So let's just quickly talk about because we really enjoy the British Theatre Academy's production, so we did a full review of Once on This Island. We then went to see their other show that was happening also at the Sullet Playhouse in the smaller space, which is called The Little. And this is Dogfight, which is a musical based on a film from the early nineties that starred River Phoenix. Um, and Passick and Paul of The Greatest Showman and Dear Evan Hansen fame, wrote a musical off-Broadway. The story of this one is a, it's a bit of a weird story. It's very a complicated. Sort it of sort of
0: opens with a guy in uniform on a bus and he's looking at three bee tattoos on his arm and this guy behind him says, what are those bees? And he said, "He says, you know, they're my friends or something. And then it kind of does a, a bit flashback. of a... It goes to a flashback and it opens and it's great big energy and it's a three... Three boys with buzz cuts in full army uniform and they're talking about how pumped up they are to go to war and how they've got, a, they're doing, um they've put on a, an event, a, a sort of dance and they're all going out to get girls and they're all very sort of like full of testosterone and they have a bet where they all pull their money.
1: Yeah, it's called a dog fight and whoever can bring the ugliest date wins the money. And
0: they get judged sort of at this Dance, And if it, the girl that gets judged to be the ugliest, they, they get to win the money. Um, they're all they're all very like nervous, really, about going to war, aren't they? And they're sort of covering well, it up. Well, this is by... set.
1: This is sort of at the start of the Vietnam War. So I think this is they don't know how bad it's going to be. So this is early on in the late 60s, I guess. So this is kind of they have no idea of the horror that is going to be the Vietnam War. So it's kind of we obviously know in hindsight. So it's kind of that sadness of watching these young boys not knowing what they're getting themselves in for. And, yeah, One of
0: them meets a girl and she's sitting there playing a guitar and she's got glasses and sort of like messy hair. Yeah. And he sort of thinks, oh, she'll do. Yeah. And then it turns out that she's actually a bit feisty and she's got a bit of personality and he's kind yeah, of Yeah, she finds out about
1: the dog fight and she punches him in the face, doesn't yeah. she? And so he sort of, you know, develops feelings for her and it's the story just doesn't work. It's Well, it does work. It's just uncomfortable.
0: Those three boys from the beginning, are so unlikable and I, I never, ever redeemed themselves. I don't understand how anyone was supposed to sympathise with them. I just frankly thought they were all just, like, Oof. really unsympathetic, not very well-rounded characters. And yeah. I hated the politics of what they were doing and that was never really fully explained. Yeah, I felt kind of uncomfortable through the whole thing, to be honest. I really didn't enjoy the story. I didn't enjoy how they treated the women in it at all
2: I didn't enjoy even
0: how they treated each other as men as friends they kept on saying they kept on saying that they were kind of best buddies but I was like you're treating each other so awfully all this and there was at no point did anyone say like I've got feelings and that's why I'm acting this way or
1: yeah that's the thing it didn't really have any kind of there was no message almost at the end of it that's bizarre but this production, I thought, was really good and we loved the British Theatre Academy and they all gave it so much energy. So this had a revolving cast, so people would have seen different people performing. So when we went, we saw Ginny Thompson playing Rose, the main girl, and she was brilliant. She kind of held the whole thing together for me. She
0: could she could star in a West End show. I would have cast her in something like Waitress. She's got such a strong yes. voice. She's got good She's got timing, she took she paces her songs, she can hold the audience gaze and doesn't feel awkward. Mm. She's really, really good.
1: Yeah, she was which made it all the more heartbreaking that it was so awful to her really. And then at the end he kind of comes back and she has to end up with it's like, Oh, Rose's prizes, she now gets a damaged Vietnam War veteran to look after for the rest of her yeah, life. She
0: sort of in the end has turned into quite a sort of sophisticated woman wearing trousers and got an office job and you know, she's like, Yeah, and then like, you're like, Oh, you're gonna burden up. her again. Yeah. And he's learned absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah, I think these sorts of shows with, through the lens of, you know, hashtag Me Too and Time's Up, those things, those are such, like, great catchphrases, aren't they, for the movement? Because they're so simple and they ring in your head. So, like, when he goes back to her and she forgives him, I just keep thinking, like, Time's Up. Mm. Like, the time for you being forgiven is, like, over.
0: But if he had gone back and wasn't in the uniform and had maybe gone and done something else... And yeah, he, the show could have
1: resolved it differently, yeah, but I don't but think it does. Yeah, as he sat on
0: that bus with his head in his hands, and the guy says to him, what are those bees for? If he'd have gone, these are my three friends, and we were kids back then, and, I didn't, and he had some sort of big thing, I'd have been like, oh, wow. he realised something. But actually, you could barely speak to that man. It's obviously, yeah. you're still haunting you, you're just a mess, and now you're going to go and find...
1: And ruin her life too. Yeah. But the performers were all good, I think, across the board. It's a very hard show to sing. I actually quite like the music. It's very Paul pop rock, kind of ballady, um, you know, like The Greatest Showman or Dear Evan Hansen. It's kind of closer to it, I guess. And I think it was maybe slightly out of reach of some of the singers. The male parts are really high. They're quite high and like full on. If you've listened to Dear Evan Hansen, it's that kind of style. So I think it was quite difficult and it wasn't amplified, small band. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was a, that was probably the right choice in that small space. So I thought they did the best they could, but it's just an odd piece to have chosen. But I think I'll look forward to seeing what Jenny Thompson does next. Oh yeah, Ginny. Because I think she'll... Yeah, you're right. She could be in Waitress or she'll be in something.
0: Oh yeah, she's got such a strong, strong voice.
1: And just a, a great actress and a, had a really good stage presence. Mm. So I think um, she's one to look out for and we'll see her in something else. And that'll be nice to be like, we saw her way back when in a troubling musical. <laughs> so... We are off to see a new musical at Southwark Playhouse today.
0: Oh yeah, we've got to go soon, oscar We've got to go and see the other...
1: We're going to have time to British... do a cocktail. I don't think we're going to have time this episode. But Apologies. there's that lovely
0: food market opposite Southwark Playhouse called Mercato, I think.
1: Mercato Metropolitano, which do lovely gin and tonics. So we always go there if we can before a show. So we're off to see Preludes at the Southwark Playhouse. This is a brand new musical. This is the only the second preview we're going to see. So it runs from the 6th of September till the 12th of October. It's music, lyrics, book, and orchestrations by David Molloy. And it's, let's read the little line from the website. A heart-wrenching musical based on the life of legendary composer Sergei Rachmaninoff by three-time Tony Award nominee David Molloy. We don't know much other than that, so we're going to go see it. We're meeting Madeline there. She couldn't come and record beforehand. We're going to do a live review from there and let you know what we think of preludes. (laughs) So here we are at the Sullet Playhouse, and Madeline's joined us.
3: Hey, babies!
1: Lovely to see you in your red polka dot dress.
3: Hello, lovely to see you both.
1: Um, We've just watched the first half of Preludes, which is, as I mentioned, a new musical about the life of Ryan Maninoff, Um and... Could you sum it up so far?
3: I think I'd sum it up so far is that we're kind of it's amazing staging. So again, Southwark Playhouse, we love this theatre, but it's like I've walked in and I'm going, oh, seen a lot of plays here, and I've never seen this configuration. Exactly what we said. yeah, you're like, wow.
0: Yeah, we're on like triangular seating. Yeah. Is the best way to describe it, we're on two sides of a triangle.
3: Mm, that's really cool. Um, so it's basically kind of we're looking at Rachmaninoff and his crippling depression and his fact that he's kind of thinks that he's kind of messed up everything because he once had a kind of ban- panic attack performing a famous piece to Russia and my main takeaway from this is that like, you're kind of like and then along comes his friend Chekhov and then along he's getting invited to go for a dinner with Tolstoy and I'm just sitting there going god damn I wish I'd lived in Russia then.
1: Yeah. Wish I was Russian. I want
0: some schnapps.
3: And yeah. um,
1: We should say that this production is very modern modern, there's, oh, there's modern bold bowls sort of strip LED lights Um, Chekhov is wearing a pair of wireless headphones um, but it's not set in modern day this is kind of all set would you say almost like inside his Yeah,
3: kind of, I suppose it is. Yeah, it's very unusual. And it's taken a wee bit of getting into. You're a bit like, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, you've got to work a little bit with this. Yeah, you've really got got to work with it. it.
3: We've kind of got a psychologist on the stage talking to Rachmaninoff, and then you're kind of thinking, well, what's that about? Is she real, or is this just his self-analysis? Or what do you think, Al? I, at
0: the beginning, when the strobing started and Mm. the two pianists were opposite each other, the beat started, and I was like, oh, I love this. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the two opening songs. And then I felt like it was kind of after a while I sort of thought felt like it was more of the same. The tone hasn't changed enough. He's a tortured artist.
3: I get it. It's a beautiful piano on stage, a grand piano. And it's like his there's a a, a guy that kind of dressed in the proper kind of what do you call concert that? Like a concert, concert dress. And he's playing. He's amazing in that he's obviously, again, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, it's like that kind of triple, quadruple threat type thing, but this guy's obviously a major classical pianist, but he's having to act at points as well, as this kind of tortured, and him and the character playing Rachmaninoff kind of looking at each other, and he's brilliant, I love him. You know, talented piano player.
1: Oh, Ooh, that's the bell that's to go back bell. in. So yeah, we'll, um, we'll be back after the final half. Okay, so we've just finished preludes. That was Strange.
3: Yeah, so Act 2, exactly. The word Strange is it um, Stranger Things Season 2 vibes with the man with the cloak. You hearing me?
1: Act 2 got quite, um, it kind of got more manic. You know, the Act 1 ended with her being like, right, you're going to have to snap out of this, otherwise I'm going to start hating you. Um, he kind of dug maybe even a bit deeper in and it's sort of, we've got this kind of mania almost. Oh, absolutely.
0: Um Lot of
1: shouting. Did you not enjoy it? No, not for
0: me. Um, yeah, it just it
3: kind of just went in this kind of like cyclical kind of decline of his madness or something.
1: Yeah, it's one of these pieces that it's about the sort of creative process and the and the problem is for me is I just got like she did at the big end of the first act the wife, Natasha. I got a bit bored of it all. I just kind of thought, I'm like, "Grow I'm up. you're tortured
0: what Yes, issues? it's the tortured
1: artist thing, and I think it's quite a tough pill to swallow. And maybe for someone writing it, David Malloy's, who wrote this, it's probably more interesting to him, because he's a musician and a creator, so I think you really maybe get too stuck into the like the I think process of nice. the
0: could focus maybe on his relationship with his wife, yeah. or soon-to-be wife. Well, and that's just his... more
1: interesting to us, whereas to David Malloy's, probably the creative process of writing concertos was there what was more interesting. A, there wasn't a thread through it
0: for me but to hang on to. It was just too dis, disorganised and abstract, and I just oh, didn't yeah. enjoy it.
1: I went with moments of it, and I really like a challenging music concert going can do something different, but ultimately I kind of thought... Oh, I get it you're a um, you're a tortured artist.
3: The one thing I will say is the bit that I absolutely loved and actually is going to stay with me and I'm going to keep thinking about it is at one point the Raskolnikov character has this kind of Monologue where he talks about how frustrating it is to be every time he eats the how tense he feels every time he goes to a party and he sees that there's a piano there and he's just waiting for someone to play it every street that he walks down he's hearing come out coming out of windows that he's staying in a hotel and the man next door keeps playing the, the prelude over and over again and that whole bit that he said I thought was one of the best kind of descriptions of how effing frustrating it must be if you have written like hi I'm Paul McCartney I wrote Hey Jude now I've got to go to a karaoke night and listen to people crucify it you know that I kind of thought that that was one of the best descriptions of how tedious and frustrating and irritating it must be for someone if you wrote something to then have that performed by other people badly and I love that
1: mm. Tom Noyes, I just want to say, Tom Noyes was uh, Ratman on the piano. He was the guy playing the piano throughout it. it. And the piano playing was insane. He was was amazing.
3: He was just that that man, he didn't even break a sweat. And I just want to say to him, I'm like, sorry, when did you start learning the piano? What's the deal Mm -hmm. with you? Aged eight,
1: I just read that online. Aged
3: eight, fabulous.
1: He's brilliant, I thought that uh, Georgia Louise for me was the best in it, and I think we'll be seeing her in many more things. Yes. Yeah, I thought she's a, she's a brilliant musical theatre star.
0: I love the concept of it. I actually, like, on paper, yeah. I love the idea of it. Love the staging, love the lighting, love the modern take on it.
1: Although I didn't like it, I kind of found bits of it interesting enough. It didn't make me angry that I was watching it, whereas well, when I, I came. To get
3: angry did you have
1: a when, I mean it did overrun by 15 minutes when I came to see Fiverr here I found that annoying I was annoyed that I was there because I found it boring this was at least challenging and there was interesting stuff in it for me so there were moments where I was like finding it interesting and challenging And but it's, it's a weird one Maybe, I really want to know what a Rachmaninoff fan would make of this someone who's like yeah, obsessed with right, him and yeah. knows his music so if anyone is a Rachmaninoff fan hit us up on Instagram and, if you've seen this, if you come and see this. But this is an odd one. This is, yeah, this is not um, super easily accessible. This is this is challenging. This is tricky. Yeah, I wouldn't is recommend it successful? This, I wouldn't
3: recommend this to anyone, actually. Neither would I. Not even to a classical music no. fan. I, I would only
1: just to see what they'd say. Mm. But yes, no, I know. What this is.
3: Time. I'm so going to so Wikipedia Rackman and off now for sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of want to know uh, yeah. well, what ended up happening. An
1: odd, an odd afternoon. Very um, odd. Bizarre. Right, but
0: Ian spent, what, £16, £14 on those seats. Exactly. it's very cheap. Not well, a big deal. The
1: rest of the run will be about £27, I think. So Oof. if you're curious, give it a go. Um, but yeah, it's, it was an unusual one. Very unusual, to say the least. Yeah. And, uh,
0: let's just go think about it in our own yeah. time. Weird. Right so right. Yeah, weird. Thank
3: We're going to sit on a chair somewhere and just hold our head in our hands. Oh, just the torture to go Apple yeah. Music, McMahon and all. <laughs>
0: Preludes, but before we finish, oski I've got one more piece of goss that I was going to tell you about. Okay. Is that Gypsy is going to be staged at the Royal Exchange Theatre in Manchester, and we love Gypsy. When this was on in London, we saw it like five times.
1: Yeah, I love Gypsy.
0: Um, so we the the, the show that we went and saw was um, directed by Jonathan Kent, and his production was just amazing. It had a Mel in it that transferred from Chichester Festival Theatre to London it was hugely successful mm. went to cinemas yeah um so i'm really excited to see that it's being staged again this um this production will be directed by joe davies and mama rose will be played by rhea
1: jones oh and rhea jones was took in sunset over sunset f- boulevard yeah she took over from Glen Close and sunset boulevard okay i'm interested
0: yeah so i don't know if any of our listeners live in manchester this is a tip just for you listeners
1: well, not just for people in Manchester, because I'm making a pilgrimage to Manchester. Oh, you are, aren't you? I'm going to go up to Manchester to the Hope Mill Theatre because they are doing a production of Mame with Tracy Bennett, who we saw in Follies. Oh, yeah. Um, she Tracy sang Bennett. I'm Still Here and she played Judy Garland in Over the Rainbow. Um, so I'm making a trip up to Manchester. It's only two hours on a train. If you book an advance, tickets aren't that expensive. So I'm going to have to look into this Gypsy.
0: Well, I had a little look at tickets and blimey are they reasonable. You can sit in stalls hmm. front row, for £40.
1: That's pretty good.
0: But I'm interested in this like, staging, because it almost looks like Ground, a round. Yeah. Oh, did you know
1: that? Yeah, because I looked at maybe trying to go and see their recent production of West Side Story, which apparently had amazing reviews. People said it was incredible. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be... I might have to go and do this.
0: So posky what what are we going to see next time what's coming up uh,
1: we've got falsettos coming up at the other palace that's already started previews looking forward to that we've got blood wedding a brand new show at the young vic coming up haven't been to the young vic for a while i've missed their last few so we've got that and then also we're going to try and go to dark fields that we talked about in the last episode who do the immersive theater experience uh, seance and flight So we're going to try and go and see those as well.
0: And we'll have a review for Madeline, who's been to the Old Vic to see A Very Expensive Poison.
1: (sighs) Yes, that's had some real mixed reviews. So I'm dying to hear what she has to say about that. So we'll have that in the next episode. But until then, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Theatre Club Podcast. Please subscribe if you enjoy the show and on itunes you can rate and you can leave us a little review which would be lovely
0: if you would like to know where is the best place to sit in a theater chances are we can tell you if you're not sure what price of ticket to pay for something send us a message we'll help you
1: out so until next time this has been theater club podcast
0: it's goodbye from me
1: and goodbye from me